Welcome to the Hughes of Leadership podcast, where we dive deep into the many prominent aspects of leadership. How does leadership show up in each of us? And how do we seek to have a positive influence on the lives of others? Just like hues vary, so does how we show up as leaders and how we may flex different hues depending on the moment, the task at hand, or the individual or team we're engaging. What hues are you using today? And which will you seek to further develop? I'm your host, DJ Menifee, Chief Enrollment Officer at Susquehanna University, and also the Chief Impact Officer for Menifee Duarte Consulting Group. And I look forward to diving into our hues of leadership with our guests. As a reminder, season one focuses on people of influence, specifically those that have had a major impact on my leadership lens and philosophy. So as you might have guessed, it is a blessing to introduce our guest today. She comes with 20 years of higher ed experience in college admission and enrollment, currently serving as the Assistant Vice Provost and Executive Director of Admissions at Indiana University Bloomington. She's also served in many servant leadership capacities when it comes to affiliated National Association for College Admission Counseling Association work. Uh, and we've shared many experiences, not only on panels, uh, serving on committees, uh, and it's been a blessing to share that space with her. So without further ado, I want to welcome to our audience, Sasha Timi. How are you doing, Sasha? I'm doing so well. Thank you, DJ. I'm just so excited to be here. I really want you to know I admire and appreciate what you're doing in this space. So thank you. Well, just know that it means the world uh, to me and my executive producer, a.k.a. the queen, um, because of what you've meant in our journey in the profession, um, not only up until this point, but but likely continuing into the future. So we're excited to you're excited and I look forward to our conversation today. Thank you for this opportunity. I appreciated every conversation that all of us, all three of us have had over the years. And I love that many of them have actually circled back to leadership. So today feels kind of like a natural extension of all of these conversations. I know. And and for our guests, Sasha and I, as we were were preparing and thinking through what Hugh she wanted to, to lift up for us, you know, in many instances, this would likely be one of the conversations we would have had when we have the blessing of seeing each other and passing at other conferences uh, to update each other on how things are going in our in our sphere, um, but also to potentially pick each other's brains on how to, to navigate what we're navigating at that point in time. And so, again, this will feel very conversational, I'm sure. But again, I'm hopeful that uh, the nuggets that she's going to share uh, through her leadership lens will touch many that will be listening. And so as we've prepared, as you know, we've got three hues that we want to unpack for you all. And so I'm going to go ahead and dive in uh, with our first hue. And so uh, the first hue is leader as coach. And so, Sasha, I'm going to turn the keys over to you. If you can walk us through what that means to you and then give us some lens, shed some light on what that looks like in your day to day. Absolutely. So for me, this concept of leader as coach comes through in a few different ways. So a coach is often someone who would have deep experience or knowledge in a field, and then they share that with an individual or a group of individuals who may become, hopefully, we hope, the future experts in that field or activity. I think one of the official definitions of a coach that I saw is someone whose job is to teach people to improve at a sport, let's say, or a skill. I'm going to say, let's say outside of youth sports, where sometimes it's a need for any available caregiver to step in. But in many times, many ways, a coach and many times a coach is someone who has that skill. 
I feel this responsibility deeply and I think even more so maybe after the pandemic as we look at who will be the admissions and enrollment professionals in the future who will approach this work with integrity and commitment and uh, dedication. And so this is really, really important for me now, maybe more than ever. Uh, I also look at this responsibility as stemming from a belief that someone or something can always improve and we can take any experience and create a learning moment. Now that I want to be careful there, because that being said, I also know that as a responsibility of a coach is to know when not to coach. And I will fully admit this is still a mindful moment for me. So if someone is struggling, just having a hard day, maybe a tough experience in our work with a counselor or a family or a project just isn't going their way, my brain wants to launch into coach mode. And sometimes we just need to sit in it for a beat. So that's a that's an opportunity for me to know when to coach. Uh, I'll just mention that, and DJ, I know we talked about this before, the other side of coaching that I love is being present for the aha moment. Uh, when a staff member really connects to their why, you know, a few of us ever grow up thinking that we're going to be working in missions or enrollment. Uh, but for those of us who have stayed on this path, it's due to a deep feeling of purpose. And it's our why that keeps us here. So to get to see that light turn on in a person is such a privilege and exciting moment. So all of those experiences together kind of describe where coaching really resonates with me as a leadership principal. Thank you so much for unpacking that for our audience, specifically when you get to the point where you're connecting to the aha moment and and sitting with the why, highlighting the why, being able to connect to the why in, in their journey. And so I appreciate you bringing that to light. My follow-up question is, what happens in terms of coachability, mm -hmm. right? And so it's it's one thing as a leader to think through the lens of how to coach um, the people that are blessed to be under your care. Can you give me some sense of how you navigate the framework of what it means to be coachable, not only in terms of how that might look in your communication to those that may be under your care as you are serving in the coaching capacity, but also I don't want to assume that because we have made it to where we have in our career that our listeners may be at certain levels in their organization, that that means that we shouldn't be coachable as well. So I'm just curious what your take is on what it means to be coachable. DJ, I'm glad you asked about kind of what it means to be coachable. And I, I think I'll unpack this a little bit maybe as we continue with the Hughes. Ultimately, it's a recognition that I have something to learn from someone who may have more experience, a different lens. They may have a different life journey that has prepared them differently for the experience that we are facing. So let's say I'm even working with a staff member who is brand new, but because of their life experience or the lens that they wear because of those life experiences, I have something I can learn from that. And so the coaching in that case can go both ways. I can give them insight on admission strategy or enrollment strategy or how to work through a tough situation with a student or a difficult conversation. 
But I also have to be just as much as I want them to be coachable in those scenarios. I also need to be coachable in what they can teach me. So I I think it can go both ways. Um, So I think it's a willingness to learn and to acknowledge that we don't always have all the answers. Thank you. And and specifically to the acknowledgement that it is not a one way street. Mm-hmm. Right. In terms of a specific relationship, one to one, one to team, in addition to thinking through who may be in position to lead and coach you and thinking through also that that's a mutual relationship, because we know there's literature out there about coaching up, leading up, uh, leading laterally, leading down. And so I just really appreciate you shedding light to that. And I'm wondering if there could be a correlation to the next hue, which I'm, I'm happy to transition into uh, for our audience. The, the second hue is in relationship to maintaining a growth mindset. So, again, I'm going to turn the keys over to you. Uh, walk us through what that means to you and how that shows up in the day to day for Sasha. Absolutely. And this is when you talked about being coachable. This really is key to, I think, this mindset. We hear a lot about growth mindset, fixed mindset, where I see this show up in leadership is both at maybe the more traditional new staff or growing staff or developing staff level. I see this happen with some of our senior, you know, with a senior leader as well, because we've gained all of this experience. And so um, what is our philosophy regarding continued change? Um, I think it's Nietzsche uh, referenced that the snake that cannot shed its skin perishes. And that kind of always strikes me that we have to evolve. Um, So people with a growth mindset believe that even if they struggle with certain skills, that our abilities are not set in stone. There's optimism there. There's opportunity there. And so we think that with work, with study, with learning, that our skills can improve over time. Another view that really sticks with me is that with a growth mindset, the focus is on learning instead of winning. And so I don't have to be right. I can learn from that and we can still get to a better product. So we talk so often with children about having a growth mindset. But I, like I said, I think it's really critical for leaders. I actually think I have I think I've developed a stronger appreciation for the opportunity for constant learning more now than I did as a new professional. Because I, I think I, I've been forced to, to recognize and reckon with the things that I don't know. I, you know. Our work changes at a pace that is unlike anything we've seen. <laughs> I think we have to keep learning and evolving or it, it doesn't work because we're never going back to the old way, whatever the old way was. And I have witnessed too many incredible individuals become so fixed in not only the limits of their own abilities, but the abilities of others. And I have seen this too many times break down collaboration. And at worst, DJ, this becomes the highly toxic experience for the team member and all who are working with them. And it's so heartbreaking because I can see it happen sometimes, but I can't solve it in the moment. And I think that kind of comes back to that coachability because there may be a growth mindset could be developed over time. I think it can be developed at any point, but there has to be this acknowledgement and willingness to do so. Uh, And I think the last part that I'll just mention where I see this come through in leadership is really with uh, where we are in our generational journey, because we are in teams right now where we may have 
however you define traditions we or generations, we have so many in one space. Uh, and so when your team members span multiple generations and more Gen Zers enter the workforce, we're going to have to evolve further and maybe faster. I've actually been partnering with a colleague. You mentioned how we co-present. I'm partnering with a colleague right now to really take a look at what it means to, to have different generations on one team and what that means for us as leaders to grow and be willing to learn. And like we said earlier, that two-way street, what can I learn from my brand new staff who are coming straight out of undergrad? My goodness, what can they teach me? It is so much because I haven't been in that fresh undergraduate space for a second. Just just a second. Just a second. Just a second. Yeah, I I appreciate so many themes and what you just shared. And if I may, I just kind of want to walk through them for the audience. Yeah. One is the, the threat of lifelong learning in that regardless of where you are, you can always grow and so and develop. And separate from your own journey, life is ever evolving. Things are rapidly changing. And so what was new knowledge and new information uh, yesterday um, has lost its shine within 24 to 48 hours. Uh, so I appreciate you highlighting that. I think another piece to that is, you know, when we think about our roles as leaders in some capacity in our organizations, the perception can be that we've made it, thus we are perfect, thus we know how to do all things. And what I appreciate about transitioning into uh, Susquehanna was that as a part of the role as a senior leader, we got an executive coach. And that was a signal to me that there was still value in us developing as learners and as collaborators and as administrative leaders to help steward an institution forward. Um, that stood out to me as something that was an asset for them in terms of how they can attract and maintain great talent at the senior leadership team level. And so shout out to my executive coach because, you know, I look forward to those quarterly calls. And so those were a few of you know, the themes that you highlighted. And then I would say the the last piece is, is, you know, when you talk about the variation of generations within a, a space, it reiterates this notion of the willingness to look through varying lenses, not only in terms of how we do this work together, but how we work with each other, right? Whether it's based on age, whether it's based on other identities, other backgrounds, things that we've experienced in life, there's so many varying lenses to life. And so I just appreciate you bringing all those threads together for, for our audience. So thank you. Absolutely. I think what you said too about your own experience, and that's one thing I've always admired about you and our, our conversations, because I think we both appreciate that space to, for constant learning. I think as, as leaders who have been in the, in the work for a long time, we're modeling that. And so when you think about leaders who have modeled some sort of way uh, over our careers, hopefully we model the way that shows that continued learning is more fulfilling and is an opportunity and more sustainable. So I've, I appreciate that you referenced that. And the last piece I want to pull, because I just it just popped into my head, yeah. is I think at times in our space, growth can automatically be connected to upward mobility, career ladder, you know, you can want to grow that way. You can want to develop that way. You can have goals and aspirations that way. 
but you can also just want to be the best version of yourself in the role that you have in that moment. And so I've, I've tried to think through language that talks about growing vertically as well as horizontally, uh, because what may be the goal for a Sasha Timi may not be the same goal for a DJ Benefi. And that doesn't mean that that's, that that's who you should compare yourself to. And that's not the, the equation of success because for everyone it's different. And so that's also where my mind went in terms of the, the growth mindset pieces is there are various ways to grow and, and what may be growth for you may not be growth for your counterpart in the way in which they conceptualize it. That's such an excellent point. And I, I love and admire my friends who they have a plan. I mean, they have a five or 10 or even 20 year plan of where they're going to be. And for you're right for them. There is very specific markers that need to happen and milestones that need to happen. I think they're ready for pivots along the way, but they have that vision and that's what growth looks like for them. And then there are others who maybe not that they don't have similar drive or similar vision, but for them, it's not that that's not what progression looks like. It's not necessarily linear in that regard. And I think both ways can really work. And I think we acknowledge that that people are on different trajectories, whether intentional or otherwise, and can can still find success. I remember years ago when I was in middle, more middle management, I think we're all middle managers. I have people I manage up to, they have people they manage up to, but uh, kind of more what the traditional middle management uh, space is considered. And I thought, this is great. I don't need to do anything more. I get to reinvent my projects all the time. I get to work with different people. I feel really confident where I am. And I was really excited to be in that space. And then life had other plans. And 10 years later, I'm not in that space anymore. And But I, I feel like really seeking to pull out whatever you can gain wherever you are is going to help bring contentment and excitement and satisfaction. Not that we're settling, but that we're really seeking that fulfillment right, right where we are at the time. Because I've told staff, once, once you get that experience, that is yours. No one can ever take it from you. And you're going to use that as building blocks to lead to the next thing. And you just may not know what that next thing is. But if you can make sure that you're gathering as much experience in the moment, that's beautiful. All I can say is amen to that. <laughs> so this next hue, our third hue, yeah. is an interesting one. <laughs> and obviously having a familiarity with where it comes from, I appreciate your willingness to unpack this for our audience. And so we're going to transition to hue three, which is being a maximizer. And so here are the keys, Sasha. I'll walk yeah. us through what that means, the, the framework of it, uh, and then how that shows up in your day-to-day. -day. Absolutely. So I will give a little definition to this. I know many people are familiar with it, Gallup Strengths Finder, uh, but not everyone. So this is from that inventory. And the folks that have this, uh, it is one of my top five. So folks that have this is one of their top five are individuals who love to highlight the potential they see in those around them and are constantly seen stimulating group excellence. I think we're starting to see a theme maybe between youth. Um, but there are a couple of ways I see this come out in leadership. Uh, the first is related to the operational. So 
what I would call maybe the, the management aspects of our work. So in enrollment, there isn't one aspect of our work that isn't entirely dependent on someone else or another area doing their part. And so despite the rhetoric we hear lately about uh, independence and individual achievement, most aspects of our life are actually the same, if we're very honest about that. Uh, So the reality is that a, a leader needs to be able to pull in information from multiple different processes, areas, perspectives, and then put them all together in a way that leads to a better or desired outcome. So that's the operational kind of side of the maximizer that I see in this work as a leader. And then the second aspect is where I would apply this to the leadership side. So maybe not the management, but the leadership side. But this is really fun for me. This is this involves listening, taking in all the little details people share about their interests their goals, their aspirations, their experience. And then I hold on to it and I tuck it away somewhere in my brain. And then the moment opportunity arises, we get to apply it. Uh, And so taking in all kinds of details and information from the little connections that we make is pretty exciting. So one of my favorite conversations with a staff member is when I get to learn about their gifts and their goals and and maybe their unique interests, and then we get to connect them to what they're doing. So one of the uh, one of the ways that this just came through, we just had Goals Month 2023 in our office, and that was full of energy and excitement. And one category that we asked everyone to develop a goal for was regarding their own learning. Shocker, right? So. Uh, But to ensure that we supported the team with this uh, in achieving these particular learning goals, I wanted it to be someone's responsibility to review and understand those goals and then provide mentorship and leadership to help staff identify and pursue those experiences. You know, we got to have accountability in there. And this was a little broader. So I really wanted it to be someone's role to, to, to provide this mentorship and leadership. And as I was looking across the organization, it was absolutely these moments where I've had conversations with this individual. I've seen them in action at conferences. I know their passion. And I, because of those little nuggets, I'm able to approach them and they are so excited to be this person. And so maximizing their potential because of little bits of pieces that I've come up with along the way. So that's that's one example. Um, one other one is last January. Last January, we were still kind of in some sort of space with the pandemic, and we were struggling with a lot of burnout. I'll, I'll say that across our team, uh, specifically our, our leadership and our managers, um, they had carried us through this entire experience. And I was trying to get at where everybody was. And so my style was I met with every single full-time staff member one-on-one and we used those individual pieces to form four themes that we could identify across the organization that we could address and have the greatest impact. So that's not going to work for everyone, but for a maximizer, that was so perfect. Uh, And so those are some ways that I I see that coming through. And again, those strengths are going to be different for every person. But I have found the maximizer in concept and principle and in action 
to be a powerful part of how I approach leadership. Again, for our audience, the themes that are making me excited about the opportunity to go back and listen to this episode once it launches is the variation in our work as leaders between leadership and management, the specific focus on optimizing the business flow or the operation of our work. And then I think the the last piece, which is an emotional one, uh, one with feelings, like you can feel it, you wear it, is somebody having the maximizer skill set approach strength that the person that they then recognize then feels like not only do you see something in me that I'm ready for, or maybe it's something you see in me that I haven't even seen in myself, but you've been paying attention to me, right? And some of us may not always outwardly communicate that that is meaningful to us, but it means a lot to many of us when we can sense because of how someone engages with us, because of how they talk to us, because of the questions that they ask, or because of the instances where they say, hey, you know what, I think you would be great for this, that they were paying attention. And so, you know, that is so loud in terms of an impact on what it can mean as we are positioned to lead others, but also for those that are in position to lead us. I don't I don't ever want to forget that, that it, it's meaningful to us as well. I love what you said there because even so I I described it in this strength language, like the maximizer. But what you just described is that is being seen and being seen with all of the gifts that we bring. And those gifts can come from great things and hard things. Uh, and so for someone to acknowledge that and feel acknowledged, it is so important. And I think Today, you know, when we are moving, we talked about moving at such a fast pace that that can sometimes people don't feel seen. That is a, a, a non-strength finder way to look at that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And, and the last piece to that that I would reference is, and it feels like it bears even more weight as we transition from what I call ground zero of the pandemic and amongst the tension that still exists in our society being seen feeling heard, feeling like we matter, feeling like we're included, feeling like our perspective can be considered. All of those things can carry a lot of weight in the time that we're in. So for our audience, we've had the chance to walk through some amazing cues, leadership as coach, the value of the growth mindset and being a maximizer. So as we transition to the conclusion of our conversation, this is where I get a chance to ask the guests to pick the either or. Have you, um, and I know one of the things we share in our interest is um, our passion for leadership uh, and reading and learning. Mm -hmm. And so recently, have you been exposed to a new framework in regards to enhancing your leadership? Or is there an aspect of leadership that for, for the length of time you've been in a leadership capacity, you've taken on that baton, it's still a work in progress. Mm -hmm. There's still opportunity for growth. You know, which one would you want to share with the audience today? Well, I think, DJ, we could have a great conversation about the stack of books right over here that I am determined to work through. Um, that includes, you know, Find Your Why and the Generational Remix. And so so there's definitely the learning. There's a lot that's informing that. We have similar styles, I think, in that regard. Um, but I, I think the the piece that I'm working on kind of goes with this goal. So, so throughout the pandemic, there was a time and a place for crisis mode. You alluded to this, too. And everything became the yes and. 
and uh, with regard to what needed to be accomplished. And while we while we talk about moving out of kind of that formal pandemic, uh, the external and even internal expectations regarding our work hasn't entirely shifted out of that mode. And so knowing also that it is certainly true that in order to express and set clear expectations, you actually have to have clear expectations. So I think for me, doing my own goal setting, like really rumbling with what I really want to accomplish both for myself and for the team, and then reflecting about how we move forward with intentionality has been so critical, but so challenging. So honestly, that's where I've been spending um, some of my energy as we start the new year. However people feel about the start of a new year, I, I do appreciate what it offers to start with some new intentionality. So that's been mine is to really try to know my expectations and then clearly articulate them. Uh, so that's that's kind of where I where I am this year. And so far, it's really actually quite tiring to think so hard about how to, you know, what do you really want things to look like? We've been talking a lot about what does completion look like to you? Uh, what does completion feel like to you uh, when you're setting goals? And it's not everything is a number. That's that's some of the hard that reckoning with right now. Well, I appreciate you stepping into that transparent space to share that. And I would introduce the first hashtag as we get ready to conclude our conversation in terms of hashtag clear expectations, hashtag clear direction. I think all of those pieces are are so important, not only in terms of as leaders, are we casting a clear vision for the folks that are under our care? Are we sharing or are we in a space where that vision is shared across others that are leading across the space with us? But also even thinking through an instances where a vision is being cast to us, for us. And I know we've all been there, right? Like folks may feel like it's clear. And when you articulate that it's not, sometimes their perception or their, their reaction to that is to repeat, rescind. And so it's really thinking through, you know, for how each person receives information, how they digest information, um, how they visualize something, how they understand frameworks and pathways, how they understand limitations, how they understand timing and the ability to pivot. If things aren't going according to plan, you know, what you just shared kind of rings true in all of those experiences for me. And thank you for sharing your hues with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective, your lens, your wisdom. And thank you. And this is a, a dual thank you because I'm thanking you for the queen also from, from just being an inspiration to us for the times where you've guided us, you've led us, you've mentored us, you've coached us, uh, you've shared perspective with us and also have helped us think through alternative lenses. Um, you know, I'll end the show with one of the things that I've probably held dear in terms of our relationship uh, in the time that I've been blessed to know you. And we were or at a conference and I was blessed to have, you know, transitioned into a different type of leadership capacity. And I just felt like I wasn't I wasn't cutting it. I felt like I wasn't holding up to the expectation. And I'll never forget that you said your expectations of yourself are likely leaps and bounds higher, tougher to reach 
than what anybody else is attempting to hold you to. So even if you don't meet your expectations, you don't quite meet the finish line, that you are still probably performing leaps and bounds above what others are expecting of you. And so just know I'm so grateful for your leadership uh, in my life and it will continue because I'm gonna continue to bug you, uh, but we're just grateful for, for you and sharing with our audience today. Well, I thank you for those incredible words. And if we could always hear the impact that they could have. I want to honor you and Annabelle for for the way you're taking the experiences that you have gained and the people who have fed into you and how you are gifting that back to all of us. So I want you to know that we are learning with you and we will continue to learn from you. And as your gift and passion for study and practice of leadership is making making all of us better. So I thank you both for the hard work and the creativity that have gone into this and just so excited to be part of it. Thank you. Fantastic. So to our guests, as you transition to work or home from work, as you head into lunch or you're transitioning in between meetings, as you transition into professional development time you have for yourself, maybe each day or each week, or as you transition between work and time with loved ones, Let's reflect on and consider incorporating these hues in our lives. Thanks for tuning in to the Hues of Leadership podcast. And remember to ask yourself, what hues will I use today and which will I seek to further develop? Thank you. Thank you.